listener writes in, talk to us about Chris Ivory's yards after contact, please. So you're not a buzzard if you say please. If you say please, if you just, you skip the pleasantries, you don't hit me with any comma space insults at the end of the message. If you just come out, politely ask, hey, could you please talk about Chris Ivory's yards after contact? That's not a buzzard message. You are a listener. You are a writer. Yes, you are an author. The author of one of my favorite tweets we've ever received. You don't need anything profound. Just need to be polite and provide me with an idea for show content. Boom! Instantly. One of my favorite tweets ever. Talk to us about Chris Ivory's yards after contact. Oh boy! Chris Ivory is awesome! I mean, Chris Ivory is incredible. We all knew this, though. The moment you saw Chris Ivory touch the rock, right? The moment you saw Chris Ivory carry the football in New Orleans, you knew, oh yeah, oh, this guy, right? He runs angry. You know those running backs that just run angry. And it's unquantifiable. You can't quantify what that guy can do when he's unleashed on the football field. There is no metric for that. There's no angry metric. We don't have an angry metric. If we had an angry metric, it would be on playerprofiler.com because I think it really matters. Your ability to run angry and just not care, just not give a shit. Just doesn't give a shit out there. He doesn't care what you do to him. You know in Kung Fu, when they put the slab of concrete down and it's mind over matter? If you don't care about your hand and actually your hand ceases being an extension of your body, you step outside your body and the hand is just part of this energy force that is the swinging motion and... There's no notion of pain. There's no notion that this is even your arm, your hand, your body. It's just a tool that you're swinging through this block of concrete and your mind is saying, I'm going to break this concrete down the middle with this tool. And you take a totally clinical approach. You step apart from your body and you just swing it through. And it just slices through that concrete because you've reached a different place than most of us reach. You've reached a place in your subconscious that most of us don't live. In day-to-day life, we live in our conscious minds. But when that individual stands over that block of concrete and they close their eyes, they step away from their bodies. Then their bodies can be this tool that is impervious to pain, that will not recoil an inch before the moment of impact. That is an amazing place to go. That's a mindfulness exercise. That a lot of people can never get to that place. They can never get to that that zone of that sort of middle area, that that purgatory between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind that can unleash the real potential of your body, of your mind, of your spirit. That's when you see it's that's magic. It's like magic when those kung fu guys strike their hand through twenty plates of wood. Three feet of concrete. It's incredible. It's real. It's not fake. They're not faking it. That isn't just hollow pieces of brick. It's real. It's real concrete. It's real actual bricks. I've seen it up close. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. And there's a parallel there between what those guys are able to do and what running backs like Marshawn Lynch and Chris Ivory are able to do because no sport hurts like the NFL. No sport hurts like the NFL. The NFL is a sport that is the most violent sport because 
the collisions are happening at full speed. I mean, people can say, well, you know, rugby's very violent. Rugby, they don't even wear pads. And I understand that. I know rugby, lacrosse, there's a lot of sports that hockey, right? They're skating. They're going even faster than it is humanly possible just running on an open field. I get it. But what these football players are doing is they are running through people in a way that you just don't see in other sports. The collisions are such that they can be uncomfortable to watch sometimes. And of course, it's uncomfortable to watch the outcome of some of these collisions. The collateral damage, the players on the ground twitching, looking like they're having a seizure after the impact. That's the NFL. That's what we're watching. This is gladiator blood sport. That's what we're watching. And so only certain players with certain frames of mind can play it. And then it's just, it's another level of player with another level of frame of mind who can play the running back position. All those guys, all those running backs, they're all kung fu masters in my opinion. All those guys. And the grand master, the grand kung fu masters are the players like Marshawn Lynch and Chris Ivory because they are able to step completely out of their bodies. They are impervious to pain. You see the way they run through defenders. It's what the Kung Fu guys say. You just sweep your hand through the concrete as if it doesn't exist. You have to think and know. It's not just knowing. You have to believe that that concrete doesn't exist and that you just will strike through it. And then the concrete breaking on the way through is just part of the journey of your hand down to the bottom. That's all it is. And that's how these running backs approach defenders. These running backs that are on the highest plane of mindfulness while they're playing the sport. I don't know the right word for it. Contact the show at Roto Underworld on Twitter. Email us, rotounderworld at gmail.com. What is the name for that? It's mindfulness is this exercise. Meditation is this exercise of clearing your mind and stepping away from your body. But there is something specific that these Kung Fu masters and that these NFL running backs are doing where they are able to step out of their conscious minds. They are leaving their conscious minds. Because if you are in your conscious mind, you're measuring consequences. And when you see this collision coming, you're going to recoil, right? You have to. It's, it's the nature. We've been wired like this. Fight or flight. We've been wired to protect our bodies, through evolution, hundreds and thousands of years, we've been wired to protect our bodies from painful collisions. The pain receptors in our bodies are designed to make the body cower in the face of a huge impact, to try to protect it, to minimize the impact, minimize the damage. These running backs have rewired their bodies. Think about it. They're like robots that figured out how to rewire themselves. They're like terminators in that way. They've reprogrammed themselves. And they said, no, no, we're not going to run out of bounds here. No, 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 actually, we're not going to allow our body to go down when impacted from, from the side like this. We're going to run in a certain way. We are not going to, we're going to turn off all these pain receptors. We're going to turn off all of these instincts that have been wired up over thousands of years. We're just going to turn all that off. And we're going to play the game on a different plane of existence. That's what they're doing. When you watched Marshawn Lynch run for a 50-yard touchdown through 10 broken tackles, recently, in the last few years, you've seen a Marshawn Lynch run like that, and your jaw 
drops. Everyone that watches that, it's why the NFL is so popular. It's why it's the most popular sport by far and away, why it blows away other sports. Because everyone, children, adults, old people, men, women, everyone watches that and goes, oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. It's like if you're sitting in the front row and the Kung Fu master is chopping through that concrete. 100 out of 100 people are hugely impressed. No one turns to their neighbor watching that performance and goes, eh, that was okay. Eh, I could take it or leave it. Eh, I could do that. Eh, no, no one thinks that. Zero people think that. No one watches Marshawn Lynch and goes, yeah, I could do that. Or I know someone that can do that. You know no one can do that because you know it's both physical and mental. That's what's really cool about the NFL and about the running back position. We've talked about this with Aaron Rodgers and the quarterback position, how you're performing feats of athletic brilliance within a swirl of violence and that that act is sublime to watch when it's done at the highest level. It's compelling. It's why the NFL is so popular because it's both physical and mental. And what we don't always think about is how mental it is for the running backs. It's just mental in a different way. It's not about information processing. It's about not processing anything. It's about not thinking. It's about living in the moment in a way that none of us will ever live in the moment truly. When you are running for a touchdown or on your way to a potential touchdown and there's a single defender in your way, if you start to think about what you are going to do next, you are going to get tackled. You are going to slip and fall. You are going to find yourself out of bounds. That is going to happen. The moment you turn your brain on, your brain has to stop. Everything just has to look like colors and lights. It's a beautiful place. I've never actually been there, but I can imagine I've heard athletes speak of this place that they go, this Nirvana-like place that they go. They talk about it. The guys that talk about it the most, that have the most compelling descriptions of this moment are the running backs. When you listen to LaDainian Tomlinson talk, when you listen to Marshawn Lynch, when you, well, not Marshawn Lynch, right? Marshawn Lynch doesn't want to talk about that. He's just up for that action, boss. That's all he's doing. He doesn't, he's not going to explain what it feels like to score a touchdown. No, he's just, he's about that action. That's it. But Marshall Falk, others I've heard describe that moment or that string of moments. And it's amazing. It's amazing to hear them describe it. And it is probably the furthest thing in athletics from something that I would be capable of. Like, I can imagine myself hitting a forehand winner at the U.S. Open. I can imagine myself in the shoes of that tennis player, of that professional. And I can imagine all the things that would go into a forehand winner. And I can see myself, envision myself in my mind's eye doing that. I can envision myself hitting a hole-in-one. All these things that professional athletes do... At the height of their profession, I can imagine myself doing these things. You can imagine yourself hitting a fallaway three-pointer at the buzzer. We've all done this in our backyard. No one in their backyard has ever scored a 50-yard touchdown at the NFL level while trucking 10 defenders. That's not something you can ever do in your backyard. You can't even come close to visualizing it in your backyard because it is so impossible for most people. It's even impossible for most NFL running backs. I would argue that most NFL running backs, you take any NFL running back off a roster, you show him a Marshawn Lynch run, breaking 50 tackles from the 50-yard line to score a touchdown, and you ask him, in your mind's eye, can you visualize yourself in Marshawn Lynch's shoes doing that ever? 
let's just say the moon and the stars align. Everything works out perfectly. The perfect play for you. It's all happening. Can you envision it? Can you see it? Can you close your eyes and see it? Who are we speaking to? Let's speak to... I just went to Carlos Williams, and Carlos Williams is one guy I can see one day doing that, so that didn't count. Let's go to Joik Bell. Joik Bell. Joik Bell. Can you envision yourself doing that? And he would close his eyes for one moment, he would open his eyes, and he would shake his head, and he would say no. I can't even construct a fictional scenario in my mind's eye that would have me doing such a thing, and I play that role on an NFL team, just like Marshawn Lynch, but he's at such a higher plane of existence in this profession, in this role in this profession, that I can't even imagine myself doing what he does. And it's the same thing with quarterbacks. You can, you know it's the same thing with quarterbacks. You could do the same exercise with quarterbacks. You can take Kirk Cousins and have him drop back and show him film of something that Aaron Rodgers has done or Russell Wilson has done and you say, or Cam Newton has done, and you say, can you do that? And he would say, no, no, I'll never do that. That's not, that's not in my range of outcomes ever for a football play. And now we're seeing that this year. We're seeing someone achieve that level. You see what I'm saying? You hear me? You hear what I'm saying? I need you to hear this because this is special. This is a special moment. We are watching someone ascend to that nirvana place. Chris Ivory has been in the lotus position for three years straight. <laughs> Waiting. Thinking. Not thinking. Clearing his mind. Just breathing. Just hearing little sounds once in a while. Little birds chirping or a little tinging. Like, ting, ting, ting. That's awful. <laughs> we, should, we should need to add a sound effect. Let's add a sound effect for that. On the stereo version, we'll do a sound effect. Sorry, underground sound people. You're just getting the ambient noise from the show. You you don't get the sound effects that the stereo hi-fi people do. But on the flip side, the hi-fi people had to listen to an underground sound show yesterday because the audio file that I recorded locally was corrupted. So there's that. But yeah, he's just been waiting and, and you just don't see it. It, it. You don't see it every year. It's not like every year we have a couple running backs who reach this place. No, it's very rare. It's rare to see what Marshawn... It's a Marshawn Lynch parachuting in to an NFL field and doing what he's been doing the last couple of years is so impressive because it's so rare. And that's why it's so special to see Chris Ivory play football. That's why he's so great. That he was the guy, remember? All throughout the offseason, we were loving Tevin Coleman, right? We were pounding the table. Get Tevin Coleman in the middle rounds. Get Tevin Coleman in round six. Get Tevin Coleman in round six. It was like a drum beat. There were a bunch of players. We were pounding the drum to get in rounds five through ten. Who was the number one priority? Those of you that sign up for the concierge service, you can go to playerprofiler.com forward slash concierge. We talked about that story about Kim from my daughter's school, who purchased a concierge subscription at a school auction fundraiser. Who's her number one running back right now? Chris Ivory. My wife. She has a fantasy team this year. Who's her number one running back? Chris Ivory. Everyone that signed up for concierge. I mean, I know all the rosters of all my concierge customers. I have sort of a photographic memory for this. Well, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I forget little things like, is it PPR or not? Generally, I can remember. And I know, committed to memory, all of these concierge customers 
that I helped during preseason, August, helped them prepare for their draft, they all have Chris Ivory because you could see it. It didn't matter that he didn't catch passes. Oh, but it's a PPR league. Chris Ivory doesn't catch passes. <gasps> Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. In case you don't know what I'm referencing there, there's a story about Jay Cutler. He's at a urinal. Fan from Vanderbilt comes up to him and wants to relive a great play that Jay Cutler made at Vanderbilt while they're both taking a leak at the urinal. Jay Cutler throws his head back while at the urinal, looks up at the ceiling and goes, Don't care! Don't care! That happened! I kind of like Jay Cutler. Every day that goes by, and Jay Cutler continues to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, continues to be fantasy relevant, continues to be that guy that looks like he's playing quarterback while smoking a cigarette, and these stories are floating out there about him. I, I like him more and more. But let's get back to Chris Ivory. This is a guy that's reached another plane of existence on the NFL field. This is Chris Ivory we're talking about. It's not so some running back that needs to catch passes? Why? Who cares? He's going to score two touchdowns on 150 yards rushing. What more do you need? Oh, 27 fantasy points not enough for you? Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't draft Chris Ivory. I drafted Devonta Freeman instead. Is that good? Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's, that's, that's good, too. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I feel like... My enemies have Devonta Freeman. My allies have Chris Ivory. And we're just colliding, colliding every week. Who's going to do better, Chris Ivory or Devonta Freeman? We're losing this battle, folks. Even with Chris Ivory, the ball of knives himself. You could see it in New Orleans. He is approaching defenders in a unique way. It's as if they don't exist. Don't you see it? He doesn't see the concrete blocks. They don't exist to him. He's just waving his hand through, and then he looks down, and there's all this crumpled concrete on the floor. He's just running in the open field, and then he reaches the end zone, and he looks back, and there's just body parts laying on the ground. He doesn't even remember what happened. I don't think he even knows what he's doing out there. He's reprogrammed himself to not feel anything, to not know what's happening to him in the moment. He's just seeing lights and he just knows intuitively where to run, where to go, how to angle his body. And NFL defenders are just deflecting off of him. It's like a superpower that he has. It is. You can't tell me that you saw a Marshawn Lynch run where he broke five-plus tackles. And you didn't think to yourself, wow, that guy has some kind of superpower. That guy has something going on that I can't put my finger on. But he's at a higher plane of existence. That's where Chris Ivory is. And the buzzard asked, it was, wasn't a buzzard. No. Did I say buzzard? Mistake. The emailer wrote in. I think it was a tweeter. I don't know. Who cares? Someone wrote in. Some kind individual, some polite individual wrote in. Said, talk to us about Chris Ivory's yards after contact. Well, he is the best in the NFL now. Because Marshawn Lynch is on the decline. Chris Ivory is still in his prime. He's 27.6 years old. He is number one in the NFL in yards after contact. He was last year. That, he led the NFL in yards after contact per game last year. Chris Ivory. Against the Miami Dolphins defense a couple weeks ago, he had 166 yards. 110 of those rushing yards came after the first hit. 
And then you got to thinking, well, the Dolphins, maybe their run defense isn't that good. Maybe Ndamukong Sue, he's overrated. They overpaid for Ndamukong Sue. They couldn't stop Chris Ivory. Well, then they go out and they totally stuff the Titans' rushing game. The Titans couldn't run for more than 50 yards last week. What was the difference? What was the difference? The difference was Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory changes everything. Me, I was fooled by Chris Ivory because I thought the Miami Dolphins had a mediocre run defense. When we have a projection formula that projects player fantasy points per game based on their performances, their intrinsic qualities, the defense they're facing, and we over-projected Antonio Andrews last week. Why? Because Chris Ivory not only breaks tackles, he breaks projection formulas. Watching Antonio Andrews struggle against Miami, all I could think was, Chris Ivory, Right now, Chris Ivory is third in the NFL in rushing despite missing one game and already experiencing his bye week. Think about that. He's missed two games, (laughs) right? That's the equivalent of Le'Veon Bell. He and Le'Veon Bell are on equal footing. They've both missed two games this year. Think about that. Chris Ivory is averaging over 130 yards per game and over 5.5 yards per carry. On playerprofiler.com, he has over 5.7 evaded tackles per game. That's top 10 in the league. But here's the thing with Chris Ivory. The reason why, you might ask, well, why isn't Chris Ivory leading the league in evaded tackles per game? If he's this this superhuman kung fu master, ball of knives, tackle breaker, why isn't he leading the league in evaded tackles per game? Well, here's what Chris Ivory does. And it's why he led the league last year in yards after contact per game and yards after contact per touch. Here's why. Because... Chris Ivory breaks a tackle, and then he accelerates through it. He doesn't break a tackle, lose momentum, and then have to break another tackle, and then try to get his momentum back and be caught on this hamster wheel. Speaking of hamsters, the player who is number one in the NFL in evaded tackles per game is Doug Martin, the muscle hamster himself. Because Doug Martin is literally, not literally, I mean, this is, this is all figuratively, this is not literally. But literally, Doug Martin is on a hamster wheel, just breaking one tackle, losing all his momentum, then then the next tackle. Because Doug Martin isn't a great athlete. Doug Martin has good agility, but he doesn't have a great, he's not fast, he doesn't have a great speed score, doesn't have great burst. Doug Martin's not gonna burst through one tackle and then roll up 10 more yards without being touched. That's what Chris Ivory does. That's what's interesting. That's why Doug Martin has more evaded tackles yet less yards after contact. Because once Doug Martin is hit, he becomes a target for the next guy. You don't actually ever hit Chris Ivory. You deflect off of him. And you don't even impact his forward inertia. He doesn't even have to break that many tackles. Think about that. And it's all right there in his profile. We saw it last year. He had 67 evaded tackles last year that was top 12 in the league. 30% juke rate. Evaded tackles per touch. He only had 199 carries last year, but he had 67 evaded tackles on 199 carries. What? Now you take that, his raw tackle-breaking ability, and then you look at his stature and his workout metrics. Chris Ivory is 220 pounds, yet he runs a 449. 44940 for a 220-pound running back comes out to a 109.2 speed score. That's 88th percentile. And he has a 120.7 burst score. So he showed good burst with his long jump 
his broad jump, his vertical jump, mixed together into one equally weighted metric. So he's got straight line speed and great burst and has a reprogramming of his thinking and his instincts to prevent him from caring about defenders at all. That is the ultimate weapon on the football field. It is. He is the Terminator. He's a Terminator ball of knives. Whatever that superhero is. I don't know if there's a comic book out there where there's a robot and the robot, like a transformer, he transforms into a ball of knives. But he's never actually human. He's a robot and then he transforms into a ball of knives. Then he rolls through bad guys. And then he comes back, right? And then he comes back into a normal human being looking guy but he's actually a robot, right? Right? That's Chris Ivory. I mean, you would think, it, it wouldn't surprise you at all if during the telecast, they zoomed in on Chris Ivory's face mask and you saw his eyes and it was just those, the red pupils. You saw red pupils shining like the Terminator. That wouldn't surprise you. You wouldn't even think twice about it. You would look at your friend watching the game with him and go, that makes sense. He's, he's robotic. That, that's what he is. That's not a human being. Telling you. But Doug Martin, man. But Doug Martin, too. We got to talk about Doug Martin. Doug Martin is the real deal. You don't average 8.2 evaded tackles per game and not be good at football. That's impossible. Doug Martin also knows how to play football. So I'm buying Doug Martin. It's a little late. I'm late to the party with Doug Martin. I was issuing warnings about Doug Martin. I had warning buoys out in the harbor warning you about Doug Martin. Luckily, he was inexpensive. So it's not like you went out and overspent on Doug Martin. This wasn't a C.J. Anderson situation. I wasn't waving the flag telling you not to buy Doug Martin because Doug Martin wasn't overvalued. He wasn't a second-round ADP, something ridiculous like C.J. Anderson had. But the question with Doug Martin is, is he what he was in college, which not very productive? Is he what he was the last couple years in the NFL? Not very productive. Or is he what he was in 2012, hugely productive, one of the two most productive running backs in the NFL that year. Well, I don't think he is 2012 Doug Martin. I don't think he will ever be that. But he certainly is something in that neighborhood. He's closer to 2012 Doug Martin than he is 2013-2014 Doug Martin this year. It's time to come to Jesus on this. Because he's not lucky. Doug Martin is not rolling up yards, touchdowns, fantasy points. Because of the situation. Doesn't have a great offensive line. Doesn't have a prolific offense yet. He's doing it with 8.2 evaded tackles per game. And we always talk about, let's go back and look at the best season a particular player had. That season in college, whether it's Arian Foster, whether it's Joseph Randall, now Stephon Diggs, his freshman year at Maryland. You can go back and find, some in some cases, for whatever reason, the player's best season was not his final season. But that one season where that player shredded the competition, Niall Davis at Arkansas is another example of this. You go back and find that one season, if he has a season on his resume in college where he shredded the competition, that season represents his upside. That season is very important because that represents what he's capable of. And so what we need to go back and realize is what I need to do a better job of realizing in the future is that one season that Doug Martin laid down in 2012 that was a great season. That still matters. That's still relevant because that represents the best of what Doug Martin is. That represents his ceiling. That means he has a super high ceiling. Doesn't matter that it was three years ago. It doesn't matter. It's his ceiling.
And I didn't appreciate Doug Martin's ceiling coming into this year. I was too focused on all the bad years he strung together, both at the college level and the professional level. And I didn't focus enough on his ceiling, and that was my mistake. So there's been a learning process with Doug Martin this year. But Doug Martin still is not a bell cow back. He's not. The passing down back in Tampa is Charles Sims, and Charles Sims is scoring over 10 fantasy points per game. And that's holding Doug Martin back. If Doug Martin were the bell cow back in Tampa, he could be the second best running back in fantasy right now in terms of fantasy points per game. No one's going to come close to Devonta Freeman right now. Of course, I would take Le'Veon Bell over both of those guys. But in terms of just fantasy points per game, Charles Sims is the only one standing in the way of Doug Martin reaching number two running back in fantasy status. But that's also why you love Chris Ivory. How many bell cows are in the NFL right now? Not LaShawn McCoy. Not when Carlos Williams is healthy. Not Frank Gore. Not now that Ahmad Bradshaw's there. So you have Le'Veon Bell. You have Devonta Freeman. Lamar Miller. Justin Forsett. Sorry, Buck Allen aficionados. Me included. Saying sorry to myself. TJ Yeldon. Latavius Murray. Arian Foster. Adrian Peterson. Matt Forte. Jonathan Stewart. Two touchdowns. Jonathan Stewart and Lamar Miller reminding us why you always have to roster the workhorse running backs at the NFL level because opportunity share matters. Opportunity share leads to fantasy points eventually. Just have to keep playing them and they will eventually score. Roll up yards, roll up touchdowns. Who else? Mark Ingram, I would consider a bell cow. CJ Spiller does not get enough touches. Carlos Hyde, Marshawn Lynch, now that he's healthy, and Todd Gurley. That's 15. That's actually more than I thought. Before I went into that exercise, I assumed there was going to be around 10. There's actually 15 bell cow backs in the NFL now. That's more than there was last year. In fact, what we're seeing is less 50-50 two-back committees. It seems that NFL coaches are either going to one extreme or the other. Give me a three-man committee, like in Washington or New York or now Dallas, or let's just stick to one running back. Arian Foster, Le'Veon Bell, now Devonta Freeman. Oh, God. And Chris Ivory, Bilal Powell is hurt. And even when Bilal Powell was healthy, if Chris Ivory was healthy, he was getting all the carries between the 20s in the red zone. Some catches now and again. Last year, Chris Ivory had 18 receptions. This year he has three, but I think he will roll up more receptions. Ryan Fitzpatrick fed Arian Foster last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick does like to check down to the running back. Right now he doesn't have to because he has great receivers. But last year, Chris Ivory showed that he can catch the football. But everyone has Chris Ivory that I'm affiliated with, including my wife. My wife and this fantasy team of hers. This fantasy team. I had to start the show late today because I was bickering with my wife about her fantasy team. I mean, she's unhinged. She's gone out of control. All of my concierge customers are polite. They are great listeners. They're thoughtful. They're appreciative. Not my wife. No. Rachel joins this work fantasy league. And thankfully, she drafted Chris Ivory, as I insisted. I, you know, I'm multitasking, and she's in this draft, and she's like, oh, who do I take in this round? I'm like, Chris Ivory, fifth round, Chris Ivory, fifth round, Chris Ivory, Chris Ivory, Chris Ivory, auto Chris Ivory. I don't want to hear about anyone else. I don't care what your roster is. I don't care who you have right now. I don't care who's on the board. Just take Chris Ivory now. But now, she's stopped listening to me. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm supposed to be helping her this year. I want to help her. I'm compelled to help her. That's why we have the concierge service. Again, playerprofiler.com forward slash concierge. We've dropped the price. We've cut it in half for the remainder of the season. If you want me to help you to win your championship this year, 
sign up. Also, that's how you can support the show. You like the show, you want to keep the show on the air, support the show, supportplayerprofiler.com, sign up for concierge. So my wife has a concierge subscription. And she doesn't pay me in, in dollar bills, she pays me in sex. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> but now, it's every week, there seems to be a new friction with her fantasy team. Friction between her and I. Last week, she started Chris Ivory over Dion Lewis. And I was like, well, I, I love Chris Ivory, but... <clears throat> You know, Deion Lewis has been a top five fantasy running back this year. She's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not starting Deion Lewis. I'm benching him. I have a bad feeling about Deion Lewis. And I was like, you can't bench Deion Lewis. No, no, I'm benching him. I just have a bad feeling. She benched Deion Lewis based on a bad feeling. And what happened? He did poorly. And she just looks at me, just smiles. And I'm like, you know, Deion Lewis had a bad game. She's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. My God, you're so confident. Borderline cocky at this point. After week one, she traded DeMarco Murray for DeAndre Hopkins. She was going through her roster, and I said, where's DeMarco Murray? Since when do you have DeAndre Hopkins? She's like, oh, someone proposed that trade to me, and I saw that DeAndre Hopkins had two touchdowns, and I'm worried about DeMarco Murray. He had less than 10 carries. I didn't like his yardage totals, so I just I accepted it. And I was like, why? You can't trade DeMarco Murray after week one? Guess who's laughing now? She's laughing because now she has DeAndre Hopkins, the number one wide receiver in fantasy by far and away. She's loving it. Oh, she won't play Mike Evans. She drafted Mike Evans in the third round, but she won't play him. Two weeks ago, I insisted, you got to play Mike Evans. She's like, no, nah, he has to show me something. I like, him to, I like to see him score a touchdown before I play him. I'm like, he's Mike Evans. You have to play Mike Evans. No, 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 I'm not going to play him. He needs to show me something. What does Mike Evans do? Three catches, 30 yards. She goes out and picks up Martavis Bryant. Weeks ago, because I was talking to her about him. I was like, oh, this guy, you know, he's really athletic, but eh, off the field concerns, a lot of randomness last year. She's like, no, I, I like Steelers. I'm from Pittsburgh. I want to get this guy. Sure enough, boom, 150 yards and two touchdowns. She rostered Kristen Michael because the news blurb said that he was threatening Joseph Randall, and she also has Joseph Randall. I'm like, why are you rostering Kristen Michael? She's like, oh, the news blurb said I got to make sure that I cover all my bases. So now she owns Kristen Michael. She's streaming Blake Bortles this week. I'm like, you streaming Blake Bortles? She's like, yeah, look at his fantasy points. I'm like, but, but he's not a good quarterback. She's like, does that really matter? She's like, I don't care. Isn't it all about the fantasy points? I'm like, I guess. God, you're right. <laughs> She's better at fantasy than I am.